What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we're going to talk about the awful season that the Buffalo Sabres are having. We are also going to discuss a little bit about the fantastic, historic season that the University at Buffalo men's basketball team is having, along with the unfortunate departure of Coach Nate Oates. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stick around. Before we jump into things, I want to remind everybody to tell your friends and tell your family if you like what you're hearing. Spread the word about this podcast. The more it gets out there, the better it can become. Tell them you can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. You can also hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. If you're ready, let's get into it. All right, we're going to start off by talking about some of the top stories around sports. In the NFL, you're going to notice a couple new rules here. There's going to be no blindside blocks allowed in the NFL anymore. Also, thanks to last year's debacle, in the NFC Championship game, pass interference calls and non-calls are now going to be challengeable. Also big news in the NFL, tight end Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement. He finishes his career with 521 receptions, 7,861 yards, and 79 touchdowns in 115 NFL games. He also has three Super Bowl rings to go along with that. Also, another retirement, Jordy Nelson has also announced his retirement in the past few days. He's going to end his career with 613 catches for 8,587 yards and 72 touchdowns. In that includes 4,000, 1,000-plus yard receiving seasons. Also in the NFL, Robert Kraft, along with 24 other men, have been offered a plea deal in the Florida prostitution case. At this point, Robert Kraft has pleaded not guilty and has requested a non-jury trial. In other news around sports, big news unfortunately for Buffalo, Nate Oates has resigned as the head coach of the University of Buffalo basketball team and he will now become the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, joining the SEC. This comes just 13 days after Nate Oates and Mark Allnut, the University at Buffalo's athletic director, came to an agreement on a contract extension that would pay Oates a salary of $837,000 per year as his base salary plus incentives which would have made Oates the highest-paid coach in the Mid-American Conference. That's going to be it for the top stories. Why don't you go? Why don't you guys go ahead and stick around? In the next segment, we're going to talk about the abysmal Buffalo Sabers. All right. In this segment, I want to go ahead and talk about the Buffalo Sabers. 
I want to first start by talking about Phil Housley. Now, for a long time, I was an advocate of Phil Housley being able to be given a chance to start next season, maybe with a little bit of a different roster, to see how things would pan out. And as the season has gone on, I've noticed more and more that it doesn't look like Phil Housley really has any idea about what he's doing. I don't think necessarily that it's all on the players. Granted that there's not a lot of skill on this Buffalo Sabres team, but if you look at the Sabres all season long, when it comes to their defensive coverage, and it's not just the first line, the second line, the third line, the fourth line, and or the first pair, second pair, third pair, it's everybody. Nobody looks like they can grasp what Housley is teaching. And if that's the case, I think that the problem is Phil Housley. A good coach will understand that his players are not capable of doing the things that he wants them to do, so he will change it up. He will start teaching maybe a different style that he once did. Now, the Sabres, since March 3rd, are 1-9-1. and The Sabres have won one game since March 3rd. 11 games. They've won just one game. And in those games, the Sabres have been shut out four times, including last night where they were just absolutely embarrassed by the Ottawa Senators. They made Ottawa look like the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Sabres have just 20 goals in that 11-game stretch and 44 goals against. I don't know at this point what the Sabres can do. They, it has to almost be basically a complete teardown again to try to get this team back on track. Now, as we all know, the Sabres desperately need scoring from other people besides Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner. The next closest player to those three in terms of points is the rookie Rasmus Dahlin. And he's 18 points behind Jeff Skinner, who is third on the team. The next closest forward after that is Connor Sherry. And Connor Sherry has 32 points. There's no way that this is any sort of a winning recipe. Something has got to be done. And I put a little bit of the onus also on Jason Botterill. Now, I know that Ryan O'Reilly wanted to be traded out of Buffalo, which I understand. And I think that when Botterill traded Ryan O'Reilly away and brought in Patrick Berglund, I thought I think that the thought process was that Berglund would be the number two center and that Middlestad can slot in as the third line center potentially. But that simply has not worked out. I, I just didn't think, based on his college uh, his freshman year at college, that Casey Middlestat was ready for the NHL. He by no means dominated in the NCAA as a freshman. Had He had just 30 points in 34 games in the NCAA. He doesn't look big. Uh, he, he looks big enough. He doesn't look strong enough, and he does not look fast enough to be in the NHL. Now you're asking somebody to jump in just two years from high school hockey to the best league in the world. They're basically setting Casey Middlestad up for failure. And I I did not like the fact that Casey Middlestad was necessarily in the NHL all of last year. I felt like Casey Middlestad definitely needed to either be back in college or he needed to be sent to 
the AHL in order for him to understand what it's like to work night in and night out and be a professional hockey player. Another person that definitely needed to go to the AHL is Tage Thompson. The fact that Tage Thompson played 65 games in the NHL is crazy to me. Aside from a few flashes and a a decent goal streak of a few games, Tage Thompson has done absolutely nothing all season long. And not only that, but for a guy who is six foot five to six foot six and over 200 pounds, he needs to work on his upper body strength. I've watched time and again Tage Thompson get beat not only in the corners, but get pushed off the puck. And not and not even just that. I don't think he's even that great of a skater, so he definitely needs to go to the AHL to hone his skills. He's still a very young player, and that could definitely benefit him for the future. Obviously, another major, major problem for the Buffalo Sabres has been their goaltending. It has been very inconsistent, to say the least. On the season, Carter Hutton has 17 wins, 22 losses, and 5 overtime losses, including last night with a goals against average of 2.98 and a save percentage of .909. Linus Olmark has not fared that much better. He has a f- won 14 games, lost 12, and has four overtime losses. He has a goals against average of 3.13 and a save percentage of .906. Now with that being said, where do you find your starting goaltender? I'm not sure, honestly. Do you think Linus can still be the guy for the Sabres? Do you try to rush Pekalukkanen into the job and maybe he can potentially be the savior for the Sabres? It's very hard for the Sabres as we have been used to all-star, possibly even Hall of Fame level goaltending. Well, definitely Hall of Fame with Dominic Hasek, but potentially Hall of Fame goaltending with Ryan Miller. That's another issue that the Sabres desperately need to explore. In the offseason, the Sabres have to start cleaning house, if nothing else. Larson, Gergensen, Sabotka, Scandella, McCabe, Akposo, Palmers, Bogo, Risto. All these guys need to find their way off the team some way, somehow. I'm not saying that they haven't contributed a little bit to this season. And I'm not and obviously I know that guys like Akposo they have big cap hits, but somehow they need to find a way to get these guys off the team. They need to retool. Their their bottom 6 is is basically useless. Their bottom 6 guys are just useless. I mean, they do okay penalty killing, but that's that's the extent of their abilities. Larson, Jorgensen, and Sabotka. All three of those guys, they're just they're non-factors in the NHL. Just non-factors. And Ristolainen has a career of minus 144. And on the season, he's a minus 42. For a guy that is supposed to be a top four D-man, you simply can't have that. If you watched him on the goal the other night, I don't think it was last night, I think it was the night before, he just let the defender or the the offensive player just walk right in and jam it into the net. 
You can't have a defenseman that has no defensive awareness. I'm not saying that Risto is a bad player, but what I'm saying is that maybe, like Tyler Myers, he needs a change of scenery. With that, I'm going to end this segment. Join us for the next segment as I talk about the the historic season for the University at Buffalo basketball team and the unfortunate news that just dropped today of Coach Nate Oates resigning from the Buffalo program and joining the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right, in this segment, we're going to talk about the UB Bulls and their historic season. They finished the season 32-4, and the first 31 season in the history of the UB Bulls. They topped their previous best 27 wins, which they set last year. They set a school record with 16 conference wins. They set a school record, like I said before, with 32 wins. They also won the MAC Tournament Championship for the fourth time in five years, a feat that had never been done in Mid-American Conference history. The Bulls had five seniors on this team. Now, all five seniors definitely contributed to the success of this Buffalo team, but the three that the Bulls are going to miss the most are going to be Jeremy Harris, the Jew, the four-star JUCO transfer, who was a second-team All-Mac this year, and the big two, which is Nick Perkins, who's a two-star recruit. He averaged 12.7 points and 6.1 rebounds for his career at UB, and of course CJ Massenburg. CJ Massenburg, even though he missed 20 games over the course of his collegiate career still finished second all-time in scoring at the University at Buffalo with 1,990 points. These guys were the catalysts for some of the best basketball that we have seen in Western New York, and the fans definitely noticed. UB averaged over 5,100 fans per game. That includes the lower attendance games at the beginning of the season. Many of the games towards the end of the season were standing room only games. UB broke their own record several times in attendance this year, including senior night, which thank goodness, although I did pay a lot of money, I was there. The Bulls had 6,709 fans at senior night. They stopped selling tickets. I believe that is the first time, at least since they reconfigured Alumni Arena, that they had to do that. This is the most fans since they reconfigured Alumni Arena. That is incredible. Another major accomplishment for the UB Bulls basketball team was that they were a ranked team in the top 25 of the AP polls for the first time in the history of the school. And not only were they ranked in the top 25 for the first time ever, but since week two of the season, they never dropped out of the top 25, getting as low as number 14 in the nation. The Bulls, this Bulls team put Buffalo basketball on the map in Division One. They set a Mid-American Conference record 
19 straight weeks in the AP Top 25. Now, when it came to the tournament, they also won another game in the NCAA tournament. They went against their old coach in Bobby Hurley. Now, the UB Bulls definitely were the favorite in this game, and they did not disappoint. They dominated Bobby Hurley's Arizona State in every facet of that game, and they came away with a very easy win. And Coach Nate Oates was able to beat the guy who gave him his start in Division I basketball as a head coach. As a coach. Sorry, not a head coach. As a coach. Now, with all that fan affair, you would think that it would be nothing but sunshine and rainbows, especially just 13 days ago when Coach Nate Oates signed his extension to be part of this university at Buffalo until 2024. Did we all think he was going to stay that long? Probably not, especially with the success of this team and the success that they've had over the last four years with him as head coach. But I don't think that most of us thought that Nate Oates would be leaving this soon. Oates signed an extension with UB that would give him a it would guarantee him a base salary of eight hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars a year plus incentives. Now I did the math and with the incentives based on the last two years that the UB Bulls team had with him as head coach, his salary would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of $982,000. That would make him the highest paid coach in the Mid-American Conference. His base salary made him the highest paid coach in the head coach in the Mid-American Conference. But that was not enough to keep NATO's here as a job opened up supposedly within the last 48 hours or so in the Alabama Crimson Tide and they came calling And I guess that that offer was just too sweet for Oates to not jump all over. Oates finished his Buffalo career with a record of 96-43. and Nate Oates, as head coach, won three MAC tournament championships, two MAC East division championships, and two MAC regular season championships. He was also a two-time MAC coach of the year. Now, I don't know where we're going to go to try to grab our next head coach. Some are suggesting that Buffalo goes after Patrick Beeline. He is the head coach of Division II LeMoyne, and his name has come up as a potential candidate to make the jump to the Division I ranks. I myself, after kind of going over it, am a fan of them just promoting assistant Brian Hodgson. They said that he would be given serious consideration for the head coaching position. And his coaching career consists of from 2007 to 10, he was an assistant at Fredonia. From 2010 to 2013, he was an assistant at Jamestown Community College. From 13 to 15, he was an assistant at Midland. And from 2015 to right now, the present, he is an assistant at the University at Buffalo. And while that coaching resume may not be that impressive. This guy is said to be a very good recruiter, and he has recruited all four of the signees that Buffalo has going into next season, and he has also recruited seven of the eight players returning for next season. I think that Brian Hodgson 
having been on the staff, having played under Nate Oates, and having recruited all of these players would benefit Buffalo to kind of keep this ball rolling, to keep the same game style, and to potentially keep the same recruits that we have already signed and want to come to Buffalo to continue the winning tradition that has been built here over the last few years. Obviously, I'm not very happy about the situation that the University at Buffalo is in right now, but when you are a mid-American conference team, when you are not a Power 5 team, these things are going to happen, and until Buffalo gets themselves into a Power 5, or at least even a high major type division or conference, these things are going to keep happening to Buffalo. I really hope that Buffalo can keep the winning tradition going and keep ourselves in the national spotlight, but I don't hold my breath for that because, of course, I am a Buffalo sports fan and we are disappointed on a regular basis. I would like to say that if the winning does not continue, that it was fun while it lasted. I was very excited to go to many of the UB Bulls basketball and football games and be part of that winning tradition. And again, I do hope that it continues. I would love to to keep going on this winning way in the national spotlight. With that, I'm going to go ahead and conclude this podcast. I hope everyone has a great week. I'll catch you next week. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In episode 16, we're going to talk a little bit about video review, especially in the NHL and NFL. And in segment number two, I'm going to talk about who I believe the Sabres should be targeting in free agency. Stick around. This one's going to be fun.